Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, your week in IndyCar guest show. And who do we have? Oh, we've got a rapid young man from the state of Illinois. Is this the David Malukas on the other end of the phone? This is the David Malukas. All How caps. How are you doing? I'm well. All, All caps. caps. Yes. yes. <laughs> the. Absolutely. Doing well, my friend. Big thanks to uh, everyone at Cooper Tires for supporting our show and obviously supporting the road to Indy with those fine tires you used to deliver many wins in a fierce, fierce battle uh, cultivated with a P2 in the standings last season fighting with our man Kyle Kirkwood. Also, big thanks to the great and great fine folks at the Justice Brothers and Toronto Motorsports.com. So great to see that we have a lot of awesome questions that have come in, some serious, some fun, and knowing that indeed this is the week in IndyCar and there's no formal announcement yet that you will be on the grid next year, but we're also not silly or dumb people. We kind of got a feeling where you're going and what you're doing. I figured let's have you on. Let's get jumped into this process. Now we can start looking at you treating you and expecting you to be a fine contributor to next year's rookie crop. So why don't we, David, kick things off with our pal Nathan, at Indy Nathan from the good old tweeters, says, hey, you went from two podiums in year one in lights to surprising a lot of people, winning seven races, 16 podiums uh, this past season. He asks, what do you attribute the huge leap in performance to and what would you tell other drivers who are hoping to make similar improvements? Oh, that is a very good question. Well, uh, going from 2019 to 21, it was uh, yeah a big turnaround for uh, on the performance end. And honestly, the biggest kudos is to HMD Motorsports. Uh, the team had almost 100% turnover from mechanics to engineers and everybody involved. And... It is now stacked to, I think, the best of the best people for Indy Lights. And they gave me the perfect environment, the perfect car to show what I can do. And going into 2021, that was kind of what I was able to do. And uh, it was, uh, for, but from a driving standpoint, I the one thing I would say to other drivers is if you have a bad year like I did in 2020, Keep your head up because it's not always going to be like this forever. Because through the end of the 2020 season, I was <laughs> not at the best state mentally, and uh, was not and was uh, definitely feeling the pressure. Because also, um, the following year, um, COVID started to happen, so money wasn't doing great either. And on top of it, we didn't really have you know the that performance that we showed um, if things were to go wrong. So, yeah, if any advice for any driver, just keep your head up. If you're going through a bad time, because it's if there's a downtime now, there's always going to be a good time in the future. Amen. We should also speak about that 2020 season where knowing that the light season was canceled, although it wasn't on the official road to Indy, maybe tell folks about the progress you made outside the road to Indy, because say there's there's some key learnings that took place, key development for you so that when you were able to come back, and do things here in 2021. I mean, you were on fire from the beginning. And tell folks about this growth that took place in 2020, because again, really important to get you to where you are today. Yeah. Uh, so 
off the bat, we did the Saint. We were at Saint Petersburg for the Indy Lights season in 2020, and we ended up putting it on pole for practice. But then everything got canceled. Um, and during that time, they were gonna, they did say that we were gonna you know go racing again in the future. But I think it was like two weeks out before we were supposed to go racing. They officially canceled us for the season. So the team and I had to had two weeks to find what we were gonna do. Get the car put a setup on it and then just rock up to the, the first race. So we ended up going with the, the FR car and we showed up in mid Ohio uh, with no sort of testing or practice. We showed up and we qualified second, only like a thousandth off of Linus uh, with, you know, the team had n like no clue of what, what the car is and setup wise. So it, we were really happy, but the, the rest of the season, we kind of ended up just seeing uh, Linus's rear wing the the, the entire season. Mm. Um, but let alone, I think Global, they had that car down, and Linus is a stellar driver. So we did have some really good battles, and that also goes for it, my sake, for uh, kind of my development every year. So now I'm 20 years old, so I can't say I'm in my teen years anymore. But in 2020, I was still in my teen years. And each year to me felt like I was maturing like 10 years uh, when it came to driving. And just having that extra season off until Indy Lights, that 2020 season to be an FR, I think helped me so much going. Did you say that again? Okay. That's my, my Siri just activated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to keep it in. Siri is apparently interested in listening. And should we tell folks before we started recording, uh, we, we do have a theory that uh, TikTok is maybe observing you while using it uh, in a very specific place because it apparently knows uh, when you need to stand up. Uh, I think yeah. your, your phone, you're you're being watched, man. I'm being watched. Siri, Siri just said, I'm, I'm having trouble hearing you. Can you speak louder? <laughs> <laughs> she wants to hear this tea. She wants to know. <laughs> yes, you are spilling it, my friend. Keep going. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so Yeah, now I lost track. Where was I? So, yeah, but going into that 2020 season, having that extra year for myself uh, boosted me quite a bit going into 2021. And I think that also added to uh, the big uh, kind of change from 2019 to 2021 and having such a good season. Well... I would <clears throat> have to agree. I uh, don't think I am being uh, followed but uh, by my phone yet, but again, we, uh, we certainly have time left in the episode. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Our pal Ryan Terpstra says, you're headed to the big series in 2022. Who will you be driving for? Uh, and let's see. Andrew Miller says, pretty cool for you to exclusively announce your plans on the podcast. Hashtag sarcasm. Um, do you at <laughs> least have an idea of when you will be formally confirming what you're doing for next year? Um, a couple of weeks out. But, but I have been saying a couple of weeks out for the past like month. So <laughs> Before... 2023 where are we safe in saying uh we'll know before we get to uh 14 months out from now what you'll be doing in about four or five months hopefully yes okay. yeah 100 it's going to be very soon very very soon we're just working on the, the final details gotcha well i don't think folks will be super surprised but hopefully folks will be super happy so there's <laughs> that i want to go to our pal lance snyder says david at barber you went quicker than someone who has more years professionally racing and open wheelers than you've been alive, and you're faster than an ex-Formula 1 driver. What's it like to be part of the tip of the spear of open wheels youth movement? 
Uh, it feels great. I mean, I, I mean, going there, uh, you know, I saw those big names and I was like, oh, oh boy, this is going to be interesting. But either way, if we would have sucked, it still would have been really good publicity. And going in, I was just happy to see where we were going to be compared against. And do like, I mean, who knows, you know, what strategies they were doing at that test and, and what was happening. But in the end, we ended up being at the time, top of the time charts. And yeah, it was really good. And throughout the whole day, we were very quick. So it, I mean, but it feels really good. Uh, it kind of boosted my confidence going into next season because in IndyCar you don't really get much off-season testing. So to know that going against Ryan Hunter Ray, that we've been kind of there going into next season, I'm I'm happy. It's 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 a good feeling for sure. Can you confirm that at the end of the test you walked over to Nico Hulkenberg and smacked him in the face and said, "You suck and don't belong here. Go home." Can we confirm that? Can can we confirm that rumor? Get out of here, Formula One boy. You're too slow. Uh, no, I no? definitely did not say that uh, or did that. Um, I'm more kind of just uh, looked in amazement. Uh, but what I do would like to say is I think it really shows what the Road to Indy series creates with drivers and what the Indy Light series can do to prepare you for IndyCar. Uh, because without that series, I don't think I'd be able to go into an IndyCar and do what I did with the first test. So, Fair enough. All right. I might have exaggerated a little bit or just entirely <laughs> decided that's what I actually, I think I said that to you after we spoke after the test, like you just went over there and told him, like gave him the double bird and said, get out of here, Formula One boy. But anyways, <laughs> I have my dreams. Um, Josh at Josh underscore Lale from the Twitter says, David, what was it like testing for Penske? Share that because uh, your your take on it when we spoke a couple days ago was pretty awesome. But walk folks through that, even down to uh, visiting them uh, at their uh, their North Carolina base. Oh yeah, so I rock up to North Carolina um, and I take the, the an Uber over there. And when I'm pulling up, I'm like, oh man, I was almost just feeling nervous just to like walk in there. <laughs> it was it was huge. It was crazy. I was. It was unbelievable. And I asked, you know, in Penske, you know, it's a trucking company. And I asked, like, what is this building for? And they said it's specifically for the racing sector of Penske. So that's when I was, like, really mind blown just because of how big and how much things and people were was, like, happening in there. Uh, so I, and they gave me a tour of everything. It was beautiful. But just to kind of give a reference of how like how big it is, I did the tour. It was about an hour long, <laughs> just and and not like stopping, just like walking and like this is this, this is that, and kind of walking through. So I definitely took a lot of pictures with my eyes. Um, it was very, uh, it was definitely. I'm keeping those memories there, um, and just doing the seat fit. It was, but all the people are really really nice. Um, I walked in and I was feeling, you know, pretty uh, intense and pressured just because it is Penske. Uh, but everybody kind of treated me like I was just like one of their like friends, you know, like one of their homies. I was like, wow, everybody's like so cool here. <laughs> uh, so I walked in, they did the seat fit. They ran through it really quickly and easily. Um, and then fast forward to the test, we rock up and the, I was really having kind of like a dreamy moment when I walked into the Penske trailer with my racing gear and like put it down and like put my helmet you know like on the 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 stand and I was like wow this kind of feels surreal right now <laughs> uh, so then I talked with the engineer and they they kind of ran me through a process of what we're going to do they also gave me a pre-event pre I mean they gave me a lot of information 
knowing that I'm not going to be their their driver for next season. So that was just really nice. Like I was, I couldn't believe how much they were letting me do that. And they also let my parents listen in on the radio. And I, it was just a very cool experience. And just sitting in the car, like I told you in the article, it felt like the Rolls Royce of IndyCar. I mean, everything was just set and sewn and engineered to the max for driver comfortability. So yeah, uh, just overall great experience and uh, definitely one to remember for a very long time. Amen to that. Uh, let's see. Matt Owens says, David, do you do any sim racing on iRacing? Uh, and would love to get any thoughts from you on it as a resource for drivers moving to a new car and learning new tracks. Yes, I do use uh, iRacing and I have a simulator here at home. And I, I'm not going to lie, most of my hours is in F1 2021 just because <laughs> I'm more in it for the gaming and just having a good time with my mates. But iRacing is um, a good tool. Out of I think out of all the different racing simulators that's out there for the consumers, iRacing is by far the best. Uh, it's, I think, the closest and most relevant to how the cars actually feel in real life. And yeah, I mean, I used the, I just did the IndyCar test like within the iRacing going up to Barber and I think out of all of them, that was the most similar, um, surprisingly, out of all of the different cars I've done. And I even did the uh, Indy Pro 2000. I think during 2020, they had that like uh, e-racing, right? And I'm pretty sure that was Indy Pro only. I, you, I might be mistaken, but I think that's right. But anyways, and the thing is for me for sim work, I don't do too much. I just do it more for just learning tracks and you know, if it's a new car and how roughly it feels just to get a normal gist before I go into it in real life. Um, but to really work on setups uh, in those cars, then that I don't really do. Uh, and it really showed when I did that e-racing in 2020, I uh, was like three seconds off from everybody. So then I was, <laughs> I wow. called them and I was like, actually, you know what? I'm like uh, feeling really sick. I'm just, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I was like, this is okay. And I remember I would do one lap and like, I'll be like, oh my God, this is an amazing lap. Two seconds off. I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm done. I buy it. I boxed it. I was drenched in sweat, like spent an hour trying to get the lap time down. I was like, I'm done. This is it. I'm, uh, yep. Yeah, I'm just going to message them and say, I don't feel good. Well, it's true. You didn't feel good. I don't know if you were sick, but uh, you felt sick. <laughs> uh, well, yes. things we learned today, good at driving real race cars maybe not a future esports champion so <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see why don't we go to our pal tim falkowitz bit of a open-ended question here but maybe you can give him some insights he says david how different are the lines you would take and say your indy lights car versus what you've done in the indy car you've now tested twice so i mean obviously a ton of differences here between cooper tires and firestone and weight and power and downforce and brake. i mean there's a lot of differences but are there any common changes in how you approach a corner uh and how those are different between the two types of vehicles uh yeah so it's not that big of a difference with the lines per se uh because indycar has more downforce and the tires can just hold the car at, at those higher speeds like in barber you kind of open up the corners more it seemed to be quicker uh like going into turn two, that downhill right, 
in indie lights you have to be very very tight to the curb onto the exit uh, just because when you add the power you're you're literally if you're not down to that curve you're not going to end up making the corner on the exit when with the indie car i mean you can just care, bomb the speed in and then just hold the wide line and it's still going to make the exit and you could just go flat so it just makes more sense in that perspective to just use the wide line and then just get on power sooner uh, so there's certain inferences like that. So if anything, I would just say that the IndyCar can do these wider lines that the Indy Lights car can't. All righty. We're going to go to Alan. I love Twitter handles, by the way, David, that just have a whole bunch of numbers thrown in. So this is from at Alan, 154-12901. Not to okay. be confused with Alan, 154-12902. So, I mean, that's, that's a... It's a good thing there. He says, uh, hey, I remember watching you on a kart racing show many years ago. Congratulations on making it to the top. What would be your goals for your rookie IndyCar season? Oh, yeah. Big shout out to Kart Life. <laughs> that was an experience. I remember, Honestly, I think it got me prepared for all like the, the interviews and, and cameras that I have to do now. Because, I mean, I can't remember how old I was back then, but... Um, I definitely didn't hit, hit puberty yet, and I remember they would make me sit in front of a camera and do an interview for about four hours. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I think it was good preparation. But, yeah, to answer the question, uh, going into the first season, I don't think there's going to be uh, any high expectations that I want to set just because, for me, normally, I think it affects me a lot mentally if I don't hit an expectation that I set. So if there's going to be any expectation going into the first season, it's to just – really enjoy the moment, bring it all in and just have a great time. And yeah, just get everything I can out of it. And then maybe the, after I have a rough gist of what goes on in the first season, then I'll <laughs> create expectations for the second season. But the first season, yeah, just enjoy the moment and just have a blast. So I did see one comment or two, which we're not using for this episode about the cart life uh, reality show. I haven't seen it, so it's total ignorance. But the person suggested they thought you were a little bleepity bleep and not a very nice person when you were a zygote or whatever it was you were at the super young age. Um, that has to be strange, doesn't it, David? To at your in young age, twenty years old, but to have folks who saw you at <clears throat> whatever you were, ten, eight, whatever age, <clears throat> and hold on to that, like. Oh, well, this is who he is forever, young and entitled or dismissive or whatever the person was saying. But I, mean, I, I know the answer to this because I'm older and have gone through the process. But what is it like as your name and profile is raising in the sport, heading to IndyCar and so on, to see folks who latched on to what they first saw about you seemingly a lifetime ago and maybe aren't ready to accept that maybe he's grown up and matured and become a different person? Does that stick with you? Does that how does that land with you? Yeah, I I ended up seeing that tweet and I and I did respond to them, but uh, yeah, I mean personally, I think in the show, it, I I don't think it made us look too bad. Uh, I mean, yes, they tried making some scenarios that were very dramatized to you know enhance the viewership and to make people more interested, because um, we we weren't making it easy for them, uh, but. 
Yeah, I mean, for things like that, I, I think yeah, people, I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't know how old I was then. And if I did look like an, an annoying little kid, it's probably because I was an annoying little kid. Uh, but I mean, people change and I'm, I'm 20 years old now. I'm much different than, uh, you know, whoever I was back then. And, but those things don't really affect me. Uh, you know, there's always people that aren't going to be on your side and are going to be favored towards another person. And, but I think that's kind of what makes you know, racing, racing. Like if you look at uh, F1 and Drive to Survive, you know, some people, you know, don't like Hamilton and love Verstappen. And then, you know, they'll kind of say bad things about Hamilton because they want Verstappen to win. But and then it's vice versa. So and I think kind of stuff like that is what makes the sport interesting and kind of what makes people involved. So for that stuff, I, I, I don't it doesn't really affect me. And coming in from Cartlife, I think Cartlife helped us with, you know, kind of exposure. And even if it's bad, it's still exposure. And for me, I personally don't think it made us look bad, and I think it was just very cool to kind of show how we were when I was little with me and my family, and yeah, overall, really good show. Maybe it didn't make other people look great, but for us, I don't think it made us look too bad, but in the end, it doesn't really affect me. I'd like to hear that. Um, if you were in a pool of tears, that would have made me, that would have really been <laughs> mildly disturbing. Um, why don't we stay on the theme of you and televised interactions? Our pal Mitsuki Matsura says, hey, guys, I loved your appearance on uh, Racer's YouTube channel with you and Kyle Kirkwood at Portland. Uh, he says Marshall and Sebastian Bourdais have been doing their hamburger and french fry shows for a while. Uh, he says, uh, Mitsuki says he hopes you're now going to be showing up on our videos more often. And if so, what would that show? If so, what would that show be called? Uh, so since I'm kind of big and fat, hamburger makes sense. Uh, Bourdais French, so that makes sense. Hamburger and french fry. Uh, what would we call the show, David, if, if you were my new co-host? I don't know. That is very interesting. So it's about food? <laughs> well, again, he's French, so we went for French. Fr he actually, Seb actually came up with a name. Um, so he called himself French Fry and then obviously looked at me and said, well, that's a large mass of meat. And so came <laughs> okay. up with hamburger. So that's kind of a, a, a fitting thing. So uh, I think it's more, yeah, I think it's it's food-based. So you being a Chicago right. guy, you know, is there, I mean, there's some, you know, obvious stuff we might lean towards, but I don't know if hamburger and deep dish uh, works. We, we got to come up with something. Yeah, I mean, that could work. I mean, we can also just relate something to Lithuania. I mean, everything's very potato based over there. So I could just be Mr. Potato. Hamburger and Mr. Mr. Potato. <laughs> yes, we've got it done, folks. Oh, we have to do this. And, you know, look, I'm not trying to bump Bourdais off, right? I mean, that's my guy. But is that, can, that might be a cheating thing. He might, like, he might feel like there's been some, you know, marital string on my end if, if all of a sudden a kind of a side hamburger and, and Mr. Potato uh, <laughs> head show shows up. So we'll figure it out. You, you, know, you know, the French are known for love. They're lovers. So hopefully oh, he won't be too jealous. Name. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely do it. That um, is a great <laughs> uh, let's see. He also says, uh, how about deciding Kyle's nickname and starting a show with the two of you? So maybe that would be a lot of fun. Because uh, yeah. you and Kirk would, again, I, well, granted, all right, we're getting in all kinds of crap here, but this is a normal show. It's all good. Like, we just meander wherever. So the odds appear to be somewhat slim for Sebastian to return to the number 14 AJ Foyt Racing Chevy next year. There's a possibility, but again, slim. There's a stronger possibility that Kyle could be in that car. And so 
all things happening, maybe as they might, we still could possibly see the two of you full-time racing against each other next year. That might actually be fun because the two of you as friends and also just having this great chemistry and rivalry, uh, there's something there. If we were able to do this and you two young punks were indeed fighting over rookie of the year next year, you think we could get some sort of uh, regular videos going between the two of you? Uh, definitely. I mean, I think anytime me and Kyle are together, I think we can make a good show on and off track. So, I mean, it's up to him though. So he, he kind of has the throne on uh, what to do, but I'm definitely down for it. I think that'd be great. All right. Well, we're going to put some more thought into that and, uh, we'll see where it goes and hopefully Bourdais doesn't kick me in the nuts. Um, <laughs> let's go to a question here from someone we we're just talking about. And again, this might be my favorite question of the episode comes in from Kyle M Kirkwood at K Kirkwood racing on Twitter says difference between Honda and Chevy question mark. So, uh, okay. Huh? Wow. Really Kyle? <laughs> really? <laughs> Seriously? Oh my God. Of course he would comment that. Oh man. Oh, um, Oh boy. Uh, he could so... get you in trouble with this answer. So, and this is why I loved it. This is why we love yeah. Kyle. There's a prankster within that that we lad. He's from Florida. These things are expected. It's a messy state, as we know. Uh, yeah. So um, Chevy, it's a it's a Chevy, and uh, yeah, and Honda, it's also it's a Honda. So uh. <laughs> you had the Hondaist Honda ever, and the most Chevrolet Chevy, I believe, of all time. Is that what you're trying to communicate to him? Yeah, you know, it, it's pretty surreal. Yeah, so the Chevy is a Chevy and Honda is a Honda. So I think it's uh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> okay, but I, I mean, okay, so I'll say I'll say a little bit. But I mean, like I said in the press conference before, after IMS, uh, the the difference that people, I think, that, that they say and that they think it is, is not that major. Uh, so the only real difference I noticed was going through the pit lane, it was a bit different, um, but also let alone that we are using different gear ratios going from IMS to Barber. Like in Barber, you don't use first gear, and then in IMS, you do use first gear. So uh, I think it's really tough to say, but the difference, I mean, everybody was asking me and I was, I, I honestly couldn't say anything because I, I couldn't really feel a difference. So yeah, to put all to rest, it's uh, very, very similar. Well. There's a reason both manufacturers have won many, many manufacturers championships. So uh, two great organizations, and that's not just spin or PR speak. It's reality. Um, what do we go to Jameen Tuttle as we wind down here a little bit? Uh, Jameen says, David, we enjoyed watching you win at IMS earlier this year. The road to Indy races are a highlight of the Indy GP weekend. You've been very consistent the last few seasons. Did that help convince, say, IndyCar teams to seriously consider you. It says you've finished on the podium 31 times since the start of that uh, FRA season in 2020, which is amazing. Congrats on moving up. Look at that. Jameen Tuttle bringing the stats. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even know that. that was, thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so going into the FRA season, I think it was nobody was really looking then. I think that was more just for us, just to kind of get a bit of a boost going into Indy Lights. And one thing I also want to note is uh, in FR, when somebody qualifies first, you get to see their lap time, that lap data. And we'd always compare against Linus's lap. And our driving styles were very, I mean, almost 
the exact same. So it was very helpful wow. to kind of, you know, let's say we do a, a different cornering in turn one or four or braking's different. Like we could easily switch it because our driving styles were almost the exact same. And also that goes towards the car. So going into 2021, we knew that having Linus on board would be fantastic uh, just because we drive very similar. So we ha definitely helped each other through the 2021 season. But going forward with the question, Indy Lights 2021, definitely with all the podiums and success that we had, brought our name out. I mean, it, it started after kind of like mid-season uh, where there was already talks and uh, little messages here and there and kind of getting contact information and certain team managers telling me like good job and congrats anytime we did something so uh, I already started to feel the feel the pressure pretty early on but it wasn't until probably I'd say Portland where it was really in depth and it really looked positive for for the next season that's awesome great to hear that you're having IndyCar teams and such reaching out because that's the dream the goal, something along those lines, compared to, David, uh, having to do all the outreach yourself. Hi, do you see me? Uh, I'm in the road to Indy and I'm doing good. Please care. Please pay attention. <laughs> yes, um, that is very right? hard. Yeah. That's something that, admittedly, most drivers have to do. Have to try and wave their hands and jump up and down and do whatever they can to get the attention of teams. If things are working correctly for the top couple of drivers, right? Uh, yeah. This should be something where the teams are the ones paying attention. You are making them stand up, and Kyle and uh, and whatnot, and Linus, you mentioned, making the teams stand up and recognize, aha, uh -huh, future talent we need to uh, pay respect to and to follow. So, again, just glad to hear that things have been working the way that they should. What do we go to our pal Eric Harkrader? Facebook is where he's posted this. He said, David, what's a cool non-racing thing we should all know about you? Hobbies, passions, quirks? Hmm, good question. Tick, um, uh, this, using TikTok on the toilet, does that, does okay, that qualify yeah. as a quirk? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, add, add that to the list then. Okay. Only using you TikTok really on the toilet. You really that one in. You oh, look, that's, I told you, that's going to, before we started recording, that was going to be the favorite, best thing I learned. this whole time. So the, thanks to the Terminator, they came over to America, to the American dream of you know success. And uh, they worked very, very hard to build a great business that they have now. And then they ended up uh, doing very well. And we ended up having, they had me and uh, three other uh, of my sisters now. And they, we all kind of been spoiled pretty well here in America compared to what they had to deal with back in in Lithuania during the Soviet Union occupation and yeah so I they ended up supporting me all the way um, and now I mean it's pretty surreal that we might actually be an IndyCar from them and to me it feels very special because racing has always been in the family uh, just if that's through my, my dad used to race the Corvette 2005 uh, and even, you know, he tells me all the stories back in the Soviet Union, you know, when he's just racing through the streets and uh, kind of just being a maniac. And I I almost see it as, you know, my dad wanted to, to do what I'm doing when he was a kid. He wanted to, to be a racer and he wanted to, to go out and advance on the steps and become, you know, some 
you know, out there and, and do some open wheel racing. But he never could because where he was and the situation, he never had the opportunity. And now he ended up coming over here and he's given me all the opportunities, all the cards to do what he wanted to do. And of course, I love racing everything about it. And there is also that that itch that he loves it and he wanted to do it and he's kind of living it through me. So I try my best to succeed as much as possible and always 100%, 110% when I'm on track because I know that my dad is doing everything for me and really wants to see me succeed. So it's, I mean, I'm driving for myself, but also for my family. So it is a nice little story. I mean, especially from the first generation American standpoint, right? And that's not something, you know, totally unique. Obviously we have a lot of IndyCar drivers who, uh, whose parents came to the country and they are, you know, American born, but obviously have roots to uh, some other, you know, land where their family originated. Is there any sense of pride there as well, knowing that not only are you here representing America, proud son of uh, the state of Illinois, but also, representing Lithuania as well through your parents. I mean, there's some kind of cool international multi-generational stuff going on with you uh, and your, your upcoming IndyCar birth as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely support uh, America all the way. I've been born and raised here, uh, but I also have a big sense towards the Lithuania and the culture because my parents are from there and they kind of really bring it along and, and they show it everywhere. So, I try my best to also support it as much as possible. It's a very small nation, and and I think it, it's gone through a lot. That's not its fault, and I, a lot of people there don't have the opportunities that I have to really show the country and make it express its its culture. And I I really want to do that with coming over here in IndyCar. So yes, I definitely support America and Lithuania. You'll always always see me rocking the dual flags everywhere I go. So hopefully we can uh, continue the dual flag um, to the top step. I love it. What about some other hobbies, passions, and quirks? Right. Um, so this list used to be a lot larger um, before racing got pretty in-depth. Now kind of everything I do is just to, to get prepared for for uh, for the racing side of the things. And uh, when I'm at home, I kind of just relax any free time I get. Um, but I used to uh, you know, do a lot of Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu. Um, I used to – I mean, I tried all sort of – all sorts of sports um, until I ended up kind of finding my itch towards racing. Um, but kind of now, uh, I don't know, I would say it's mainly just, uh, I, I, other than video games for my free time, things I really, really enjoy is mountain biking or trail biking with my, with my dad. We always go out, we have these pimped out bikes like from, <laughs> from top to bottom and we, we always go out as much as possible. Uh, I mean, now we're, kind of slow down towards the end of this 2021 season because I ended up we we went uh, I think it was like when did we have the big break it was like five or six weeks I think it was after mid-Ohio yeah so we, we ended up uh, going trail biking after that and I ended up falling because it started raining and I fell and broke my finger so, so thankfully we had the five weeks and I was able to heal before we went to the next race so then we kind of put the, tra the trail biking on hold and people were making fun of me because like a couple weeks before that VK ended up falling on his bike and then yes he, so people were like why didn't you learn from him yes so, 
Yeah, so we kind of put it on hold, and now we haven't really done it for a while. But now that we're in the off season, all testing is done. We're definitely gonna start kicking it back up. Um, sadly, though, it is like thirty degrees outside um, in Fahrenheit, so that's like below freezing. So yeah, um, not not great, but still, I, I love it, and that's probably the only kind of hobby that I have outside of racing. I'm gonna go to Amazon here in a moment and send you a giant, giant box of bubble wrap. So if you're going to keep cycling, you're going to need to, to wrap yourself up, man. Come on. Stop breaking people, parts of your body, you crazy like person. People are going to hear me from like a mile away. They're going to hear me with my friend just squishing. Well, look, if you go flying off the thing, I'd rather hear a lot of pops and a lot of cracks. So, <laughs> oh boy, we're falling apart already. All right, let's, uh, let's get down to the last couple here. Our pal, the retro rebel, young Olivia. She is all kinds of awesome. She just says, great guest. This story is fun, and he loves telling it. Can't wait to hear what y'all discuss. His infectious personality is like this awesome hybrid of Hinch and Alex Pillow. I just loved her mentioning of infectious personality. I'm like, all right, I'm going to wear double masks when I'm around this kid going forward okay, here. Okay. Um, let's see. Yes, I'm very infectious. <laughs> Shout out to Retro Rebel, though. She's very awesome. I remember we did uh, an interview in St. Pete at the start of the season, so... I always joke, but it's kind of half a joke that I got to be nice because she's going to be my future boss. Because when I'm old and in a wheelchair and still trying to use a keyboard to make a living, like she's going to be running all of motorsports media. So again, I'm just trying to stay on her good side. Uh, okay. Let's see. Let's go to Kyle Krause. Says David, who are some of the drivers you had the most fierce battles with in karting, and are they names that we might know that are still racing today? Oh boy! Oh man! I don't know if my memory's that good. Um, Lewis oh Hamilton, uh, okay. Ayrton Senna, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Schumacher, uh, uh, Mario yeah, exactly. Andretti. Of course, yeah. Uh, no, so uh, it will really depend. So, because we did the U.S. series, and then we also went over to uh, to France for uh, like the X30 series, and did the European kind of thing. So. Uh, but coming from the U.S., I mean, I, I remember we did have some battles with Kyle Kirkwood in go-karting. That's why kind of like this battle that we had in this season was kind of very cool just because we, we both came from karting and had our battles then. But he was always that one step ahead. So we'd only kind of battle like every once in a while, like when we'd be in the same class. But he's always was a little bit older. So he kind of hopped up before me. But um, I mean, there's a few names like uh, Brandon Lemke, uh, Zach Holden. He actually did some USF 2000 um, a couple of years back. I, I think he actually did it with us as well in uh, BN Racing. Um, what's another big name? I'm trying to think of names that are in the Road Indy now. Uh, Dylan Tavella, I raced a little bit with him. Mm, uh, Devlin DeFrancesco, we, I did some racing with him as well. And... Newly confirmed Andretti Autosport IndyCar driver. Again, not as yes, if we didn't know yes. that was happening, but just another great, I don't want to be too much of a homer here, but look, I spent most of my professional racing career working uh, for what we would call road to Indy teams, and I do love nothing more than seeing not just one driver a year coming out of Indy Lights, but multiple drivers. So really happy to see that for him. And again, we're going to have uh, at least one more confirmation here coming, but yeah, good stuff, man. Good, good stuff. Well, yeah, I can't really think. Oh, also, okay. So then, Braden Eves and uh, Stingray Rob. I also race with them as well. So that's realistically. All, I'm trying to name names that are in the Road Indy series now, but it is a large list. So it kind of a lot of people are have, I've known for quite some time. We're gonna wrap up here. 
a little bit of stereotypical stuff, but that's okay. Our pal John Wojnar, who's one of the leaders of uh, the uh, Prude listener group to this silly podcast, said, and he is a, a Michigander, I believe, so there might be a little bit of uh, feistiness in this stuff here. Best Chicago deep dish pizza. And then there was a bunch of follow-up questions to that saying, yeah, that's kind of a not a thing, but is it a thing? So uh, I think he's trying to stir the pot a little bit here, but can you tell us, is there a best Chicago deep dish pizza? Okay, so um, so this is actually kind of funny. <laughs> okay. We're cracking one well, open here to close the show. Uh, no, okay, so... Uh, I okay so I, even though I live in Chicago I've never actually really explored it What <laughs> so, is wrong with you I know I know I'm, so, I'm sorry so anytime somebody like says that they're in town and they, they want me to like they ask me to like show them around I'm like I I, I um, There's a so, Domino's yeah. on the corner yeah, Oh my is, gosh uh, the city You're and, falling uh, apart yeah. on me here There's the 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 big tower and there you go it's <laughs> that's Chicago <laughs> Oh my goodness. So, yes, I've never actually really explored it. Um, so this question is kind of um, not available at the moment. Um, but um, I will give a shout out. Um, I don't know if they have deep crust pizza, but head over to the HMD Bar and Grill in Chicago Ridge. So <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. So not I'm, only I'm do we have a that in. <laughs> Not only do we have a non-answer, we have a random plug. Oh, this is the best. <laughs> God. I'm pretty sure they, they, they have deep crisp pizza. If they You're don't, pretty sure. Let them know. You're pretty pr- sure. Oh my gosh. Is there someone else named Malukas who we should ask who would maybe know? Oh my gosh. You're killing me here, man. So yes, head over to the HMD Bar and Grill. Best deep crisp pizza, best hot dogs, best burgers, best everything. Oh my gosh. You're, uh, this is the best. All right. Well, we're, we're continuing here. We've got two more to go, all food related. Evan Kramer. Uh, his Twitter handle at Windy City Indy 27. So we can assume Evan might know. Says David, being from a certain Windy City, it must be asked, what is the best hot dog? Says no ketchup, right? And the best beef. Uh, also says best of luck in 2022. Uh, but who cares about that? Uh, let's talk uh, best hot dog serving and the best beef, apparently. So. All right, uncork it. And don't tell me you've never had a damn hot dog, a Chicago hot dog as well. I, I haven't. <laughs> so, once again, go to the HMD <laughs> Bar and Grill for the best Chicago hot dogs. Oh, oh my goodness. I think somebody somebody needs to, to take me downtown and, and make me explore it a little bit. Just so if I get these questions in the future, I can actually answer them. Oh, you're going to get murdered on, on every every media tour and whatever else. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. uh, but this is bad. awesome. I'm just going to keep shouting out HMD Bar and Grill. Yes, time I get 100%. You know, <laughs> I've tried them all, said Malukas. And none are better than the HMD Barn Group. <laughs> exactly. So, all right. Well, we'll give this one more shot. Our pal Elaine Sinclair. She is uh, also equally awesome from the Twitters. Her handle being at AtlanticCat99. She says, hello, David. I was just wondering, after toddling around Autobahn Country Club in your shiny sports car or maybe a cart for a few hours, What's the best place in Chicago's southwest suburbs for a good burger 
to finish off perfect date. Sounds like Elaine is looking for some advice on what to do after she goes there herself. Hey, hey, Chimney Boy, go. <laughs> I can't. I, I got ask best hot dog, best burger, and best deep cut. <laughs> So, oh, this is a new sponsor. This is a new sponsor of the show, HMD Bar and Grill. And then when folks ask me, I can say I have HMD no idea. I've never eaten there, just like David's never eaten anything as well. Oh my gosh! HMD Bar and Grill. And then if you guys come next season, we're, they're going to have special guest hosts from Mr. Burger and Mr. Potato. Oh my gosh! Yes, it's the the hamburger and, and the Mr. Potato Head show. So, oh. Yes. Uh, well, this is completely fallen off the. It was never on the rails. I don't know if it was, so that'd be a lie. But oh man, well I can tell you this: you uh, you're going to be an awesome addition to the IndyCar field. Uh, have only ever enjoyed, uh, whether it's just in person or on the phone or now on the podcast. I think folks are just going to love having you. As our pal Olivia said, the retro rebel. Um, you got skill, you got speed, you got all kinds of great stuff that should make folks stand up and pay attention to you as a professional race car driver. But I think folks are also going to love getting to know you because uh, you're here just to be yourself and have some fun. And uh, look, man, uh, we also got a new sponsor for the show, even though it involves no money or food. But hey, uh, I'm, go- I'm willing to add this going forward. So Anyways, David Malukas, thanks for joining us, man. I gotta go wipe the tears from my face. So uh, I don't know what to do, what you're gonna do for the rest of the day, but uh, I'll keep an eye on TikTok. Thank you, thank you, uh, thank you for having me. This was a great experience and uh, gave me many laughs. So I am also gonna go <laughs> wipe my tears off because I am actually crying a little bit. That was really funny. Um, and then who knows? Maybe next next season. Because I, I don't just explore anything, we can just do a series where we go out and just taste different foods from different cities and kind of like the best places with hamburger and Mr. Potato. Yeah, I mean, you definitely want to have a fat guy along for the food tasting, so that's okay. a little on brand. Uh, but yeah, well, uh, oh my God, we're going to see what we can figure out. All right, brother, well, thank you for joining us. Thanks again to Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and TorontoMotorsports.com. We'll speak to you next week.